know, church of the Sunday long run, or I just, I just had church out here. And, and I, I believe that I, I connect with that. I believe that it is really a thing, even though sometimes we joke about it. Hmm. Yeah. Mountain running has, has really been a place for me um, that has brought one is rest is, is brought up a, a rest inside of my soul. And it's weird to say that because obviously I'm, I'm physically exerting a lot of energy and I'm, I'm draining my body, but inside of me, I just feel such a connection and such a fellowship with God. It's not that like I climb a mountain to, to feel closer to him. It's that like, I feel him on the mountain the whole time when I'm, I'm going up each mountain and taking that journey. I just really feel like I, I, I get to experience him. And I feel like I get to understand him and, and the past that he creates for us in life that we can't, you know, we can't fight against the terrain. We have to really um, accept the terrain and really run with the terrain and let let us have hope that um, at the top, there's going to be something for us. There's going to be a gift there waiting for us. And so I, I see myself like as a mountain runner. And I, I believe that even when I stop really competing in the elite level, it's just going to be something that, that I'll continue to do because I've just, I'm designed to do it. I feel so alive. I feel um, the joy, the same joy that God feels um, when I'm doing it. I just, I just uh, don't, don't uh, find that anywhere else. Like, <laughs> and, and, and it's exciting for me that here I have so many um, mountains to, to explore and so many mountains to to really um, connect with and and uh, I hope I hope that others can can really um, connect to that because I... and that was Mario Mendoza the USATF trail runner ultra runner of the year has a lot of cool stuff to share with you both going to new heights figuratively and literally through his work as a youth pastor mentor and coach He's an all-around great guy, and I'm really excited to share this episode with you to round out our series on faith and running. As we look ahead to a new year with new hope, Mario is just the person to share it with us. His insatiable positive attitude, his understanding of relationships, and what it takes to really bring light and hope to people, I think is really amazing. Throughout this episode, we hope to continue to share with you his work. You can link to us on our blog site at runninganthropologist.com or check us out on social media. Please subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. That'll go a long way. We hope that you enjoy this episode and stay connected. Keep running. As always, happy running. Let's get started. This is Running Anthropologist, episode 46. A quick plug, as it fits the topic of the rest of our conversation today, for DRT. Dynamic Running Therapy. Which is a free app that you can use for movement and running therapy, and which I've had the pleasure of getting to know and working with over the past year. As many of you know who may have listened to the program for some time now, uh, working with movement as therapy has been really a blessing to me in being a member of this, this group that is doing dynamic running therapy and advocating for it. 
So it's a free app. It's started by uh, William Pullen, who actually we featured in episode uh, 24, if you want to go back and check it out, but continues to be really applicable and helpful to many runners out there. Please check it out. You can download it for free, use it as long as you want, and got lots of great applicable stuff. Just another tool in your toolbox that you can use for anything from meditation to affirmations to healthy relationship building. So with that, enjoy Enjoy the the episode. episode. And Mario Mendoza, thank you so much for joining The Running Anthropologist. Really appreciate your time and have been looking up to you and following you for a number of years, as I'm sure many have. Um, thanks, Thanks so much for joining us. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad we were able to make it work. For sure. So our, our podcast is all about the culture of running. And um, this summer, we're doing a series um, on bringing faith and hope um, to the world of running. And uh, I thought that kind of what you do and the space that you occupy and ultra running and in your community and coaching and as a pastor was perfect for it. So um, I just wanted to ask you kind of start out with a little bit about um, you know, what your roots are, um, what kind of culture and family kind of brought you into running and um, got you started? Definitely. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I was born actually in, in Southern California and both of my parents are uh, migrant workers and they, uh, they already knew California pretty well because they would come in and, and work um, every year and we were lucky to uh move to a farm in the central coast of california that's just really nice of of a cattle farm and i would honestly say that being there with them uh, helping them out like that's where really the the joy of being outside began like i just i just really enjoyed being outside and I would go by myself sometimes and just go up to the mountains and, and just hang out, just, just, just be up there, be quiet, uh, be connected. And so my faith and and my love for running started pretty young. Um, and, and just kind of seems to be something that was built in me and the way I was designed. Um, and it just wasn't until later on in high school that I discovered that running was really an actual sport. I just, I didn't really know that. I, I played soccer and never heard of any runners <laughs> around me, I guess because it was a small school, but I never knew like they were actual athletes um, that ran. So it was kind of funny to discover that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And soccer yeah. was like the epitome of sport. I, I lived and taught in California too. And Soccer is it, you know, that's the... Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's definitely uh, the, the thing to do. And, and from a Hispanic culture, honestly, that's the sport that matters. And so <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be a pro soccer player. That was like my goal all, <laughs> all of my years growing up. And, and, um, and things changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, little did you know that um, there were other sports that you would excel in and become like a super, a super athlete in something you had never even seen or done before. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to quickly ask you about kind of, um, you know, how does that, what did that look like for you running longer and longer distances? And were there people around you that were doing that? Or how did, you know, how did you even get the idea? Yeah, it, it actually was kind of, um, a blessing like I had a coach 
um, my almost my junior and senior year were the years that I started dabbling with it. And and basically, the cross country coach asked me if I wanted to just come out and and just jump into a, a race. And you know, I've always been a pretty competitive kid, and I I started remembering the the state testing one mile testing that we would do just to see like where kids fitnesses was at. And I did that and uh, would crush it. Like I was always the top kid. Um, I know, I know for sure I ran under six minute mile, like before I went to to high school and just, just off of that, you know, just racing the kids and wanting to win. And so um, he was like, yeah, it's an actual sport. You should come out. And so (laughs) I just did it because I wasn't able to play soccer. I hurt my knee. I tore um, my MCL, and so oh, wow. I needed to uh, re recover from it and just like do therapy and get it strong again. And so I just literally, it was really simple. Like, oh, I'm just gonna go and try this out, and um, and that's that's how it happened. That's like how I learned there was like cross country races, and and so it started with short races, and from there, um, you know things just start getting intriguing you start wondering like what what could i do in a longer race what could i do in this type of race and and as i as i came to bend right after college it was a natural like wow there's so many trails and mountains here this is what i love you know this is what i need to do (laughs) wow well Mm -hmm. so bend oregon the physical location i mean out west it's absolutely beautiful um Mm -hmm. like you said did you find yourself kind of immersed in that trail running culture or did you just go outside and run on your own and just enjoy where you were and then later got into trail running groups and races? It was a combination of both. I, um, I contacted Max before I was moving out here and, and he was super nice. He like, just let me know, like when I was here to we'd go for runs and we just went out for some, some easy runs and, he actually told me there was like a trail race happening here, the half marathon trail championships. And it was like, okay, I'm going to jump into that. Um, and it was like little by little a combination of being out exploring and, and realizing that here in Bend, you could, you could run for a hundred miles. No problem. You, you could, you could just connect trails and there was so many options and not that many private lands. And so it was, um, it was pretty, pretty awesome to see that just natural progression to sticking to trail running. Cause I stopped running on the roads for like the last eight years. I, I just hmm. completely stopped. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of funny to say that. Yeah. Well, you, of course you're putting a lot of time into the trails. I mean, just <laughs> a quick, just looking at last year, it looks like you did, you know, eight, nine <laughs> races and you were hundreds of miles. I, I know, one of the things that was really impressive to me is um, you don't see, so I grew up in a Spanish speaking area also, and there were a lot of migrant communities around us um, in Michigan. And mm-hmm. I, you don't see a lot of Latino runners, but nonetheless, like there's this huge culture and history of running throughout Mexico and the Southwest United States that a lot of people don't know about. Um, oh, big time, yeah. And there's good runners that a lot of people don't know about. Like, um, there's there, like especially for altitude, if they brought some of those guys from Mexico, even from Colombia, 
um, up to run Pikes Peak, they they would crush it. Like hmm. there's some guys that they're built for that altitude, um, and it's it's phenomenal. We took see, I took one of my buddies here, Ryan Bach, who's an amazing 214 marathoner, um, and there was another guy, two guys actually from Europe, um, le- legendary runners. And all, all four of us went and ran against uh, some of those guys in Mexico uh, in a peak that climbed to 18,000 feet, which uh-huh. was brutal. Um, wow. We we got destroyed. <laughs> like <laughs> it was so funny. Like like the two guys. Let's see. We finished 10th. I was 11th. Ryan was 12th, and the other guy from Europe was uh, 14th. Like like all the top spots were those guys it was like wow. it was just like they were so awesome <laughs> yeah 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 now none, nonetheless mario yeah. you like in 2019 <laughs> you you won the ultra trail to mexico 100k um you know that i'm sure that had some elevation but it wasn't quite as extreme as that um can you tell us what mm-hmm. i mean i don't know anyone who's run it before what what was that like and you know setting a course record there as well that was so fun. I, um, I I was a little bit nervous, even though it wasn't as high of altitude. That one, I think, only got up to nine, nine, nine or ten thousand feet at most. Okay. And so I was still a little, you know, because in Bend we're at three thousand five hundred, hmm. and um, you know, we we just don't have access to that very quickly from here. And so um, I was a little bit nervous, but but I do think that. In a longer ultra, um, the the altitude it, it matters a little bit less because you're just not going at that super fast clip right away, and and so um, I was you know kind of hoping that that would go well and and the the thing we were looking for the most I went with my dad is we were really looking for the experience I'd I'd never run um, an ultra in, in in Mexico, I'd only run two short mountain races, and I, I wanted to go somewhere brand new that I'd never been to, and I kind of wanted to see. I was experimenting with something, to be honest, just like like the the type of embrace that I received down there. I was just kind of wanting to see if it happens just where my parents are from, or hmm. is it like anywhere, and. And so it was cool to see, like, there, I mean, the people were so kind to me. They were just, like, they just, like, see me as, as one of them, even though I was born here in the U.S. and grew up here. They were just, like, were really, really um, embracing and just, like, genuine hugs. And and people wanted to chat and people wanted to, to know what I was going to do next. And and so the, the reason we went down there was just it was really we're looking for the experience like both me and my dad me and and where he's from and like wanting to see like what that connection was with the people and it it was better than we expected like we had so much fun aside from how well the race went like we just were we were enjoying being in the town getting to know everyone um eating good food walking around um, the the race itself was uh, it was like I honestly think we had at least fourteen or fifteen river crossings. Wow, um, which were pretty rugged and and technical, 
Um, I fell a few times. Guys in front of me would fall a few times. And the the climbing was okay. It wasn't like the steepest race I've ever done. But it was just kind of average. I would say the most difficult part was that it rained a ton that <laughs> week and the night before. And so um, that just created mud everywhere. And so people yeah. were actually not expect, expected to, to run fast. They were, they were all saying it was going to be a really slow year. Um, just so much mud. There was one downhill uh, towards the, the finish, the last really big downhill, that I, I fell at least eight times just on that downhill. <laughs> And, and then I talked to everyone else and they were like, oh, we fell like 20 times. Like it was just like, <laughs> it was so muddy and, and you were like trying to run and you would just roll or like slide. And, um, and so you kind of have to just have fun, you know, you kind of have to just embrace it. Cause, cause if you start letting that get to you, it, it can, it can ruin your race. So I was just like, I was just trying to laugh and, and just pretend like I was like, playing like a kid i love um, it yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah and and truthfully like i i knew there was some good runners in that race so i didn't know how far i had like or how much of an advantage and so i just kept pushing the whole race because i kept thinking i might get caught so <laughs> so i went for it and and it was pretty cool to find out later that i i, I uh at the course record and um that i won by by a significant amount and just i just had a really good day like it was one of those days that i was not i was not a overtrained because i just we just were two months into being parents yeah. and yeah. um it forced me to to cut back on my training and so like all the training from the summer was there and just i still felt fit from it so it was it was just a good you know one of those good days that everything comes together yeah, that's awesome mm -hmm. i know how yeah. that is I, I know how that young child i, I have a 20 month old now and it's hard to get in any training you know when they're in those first few months of life because there's it's so intense you know mm -hmm. um and so but intense. that's awesome that it fit right in there um as you were, for those of our listeners who haven't done, say, a hundred k distance before, and really rocky, wet terrain, what is what is a good time to do that in, or what what do most people what are what are you able to run that in normally? Yeah, I would say um, for like an elite person, or do you think like kind of a person that's sort of the middle in the pack? Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, that would be good if you could tell okay. us both. Yeah, so I would say an elite's probably gonna do that in about twelve, eleven hours, maybe ten and a half. I did it in like ten and a half. Okay. Um, I've done courses like way faster, hundred k courses in in eight hours that are on trail and, and and rocky, but this was just the footing and the the elevation and the climbing just changes. You know, it just really slows you down every mile um the average runner i think would be shooting for about um anywhere between 16 to 18 hours i would say and that's that's really a really solid time you just have to plan for it and plan for 
for being out there um, long time and, and fueling and, and being patient with your body because, um, you know, even for a guy that's in the lead, you're going to have those those rough patches in the race. It's not just going to all feel great and easy. So, yeah, you know, everyone experiences that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Just like any other day when you're going about not running, you know, you have your highs and lows throughout the day and your difficult spots, but especially when you're pushing your body that much yeah. for that, that long. Um, I, I think that's, uh, that's incredible. Um, yeah. when, when you said, um, it, was it near, um, where your kind of your ancestral, uh, home or where your parents came from, where that was run or was it what, what part of the Mexico would that be? Yeah. So this race was over by Mexico city. Um, so it's a, it's, it's not exactly where (laughs) my parents are from. We are a little bit more, um, West of that in the state of Michoacan, but they're not super far apart. You can definitely drive um, back and forth from the States. And, um, for me, it was, it was sort of a, an experiment because when I go to where my parents are from that state, um, the people like know me there. It's kind of, it's really cool. Like I feel just kind of like, uh, like a hometown hero there for them. You know, it's just like they, they lift me up. They, they know, they know all the races I'm doing. They're following. Sometimes they'll bring like posters or stuff for me to sign and so it's just always been really interesting to go back to where my parents are from because I'm like, wow, like, you you know, you don't realize sometimes the impact of what you're doing um, until you see it. You don't you mm-hmm. don't understand it. And then you get somewhere and then you're like, you're just shocked because you had no idea. I just, you know, a couple of times I'm just like, hey, well, let's do a little group run um, with some youth and, and, and some some adults that are getting into running and then suddenly it'll be like a hundred people show up, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I won't do anything. Like I, 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 they do it, they plan it, they advertise it. And so to me, that's really special. Cause I, I watch for things like that. Cause, um, I, I just, I, I know that you can do good when you have, um, you know, influence and I'm not, I'm honestly not making it about like, being attention on me I'm, I'm just making it about like why is it so much easier to impact a community um like that i you know that that has been something i'm still trying to figure out <laughs> yeah well said Very in cool. said in your typical humble but famous manner i i appreciate <laughs> that it's uh it's a beautiful thing and i'm glad you mentioned the youth work because i i wanted to spend you know some of our time talking about that I, I know while while running is is your thing, even more your thing or your, you know, your calling, your day day job is working with youth and pastoring and um, kind of lifting others up in, in hope. And I, I wanted to ask you about kind of how that started in your life and, you know, how running overlaps with that, because I know you, you run a lot of youth camps and you do a lot of things um, for people in, in the in your hometown area and and in Mexico. Mm hmm. Definitely. I, I can honestly say that the big shift in that happened about five years ago. And, and so that was like a big change. I had kind of done little things before that, 
but it happened because I, I really got to a point where um, my love, my love for God, my love for people just has become way more important. Like, I, I honestly, today, like, if God said, you're done running, I, I would be done. I've had so much fun with it. It's like, it's actually kind of hard to train as much as I need to. <laughs> and it's like, it's exhausting to race these type of races or like this year that I did those crazy treadmill, like the hundred K on a treadmill. That was awful. Like it's just, it's awful stuff. And, and I'm, so I'm like, I'm done with it. And yet, you know, you know, God hasn't told me that I'm done yet. And so, you know, it changed five years ago for me. I'm not saying that my faith was always there, but just my passion for, for him um, became greater where I, I just realized I had a, a change in my heart where it was like, what if I pursued God the way that I was pursuing trying to to win some of these big races? You know, what if I just like every day, like I woke up and my heart was just like towards him and and was like, just what do I do? You know, how do I get better? <laughs> and and so that that change believe it or not, sometimes people don't see it. They still think I'm caught up in running because I've had people that still think I love running too much, right? <laughs> but the, the honesty is like when you when you have that heart for God, he still lets you run, you know? Like he still lets you do the things that you love. They just they just do more. They, they not only satisfy you more, but they also um, have more impact around you. And so... So that that is where I'm at today, and I'm happy to say that because, like, I truly, um, I don't, I don't care about the results anymore. I really care about like, what is this going to do? What type of impact is this going to leave on the people around me? Is it is it going to grow anyone? Is it going to draw anyone to to God? And and some of the things I learned, you know, sometimes I pick up something that like I picked up photography the other day that was creation photography and you look at it and you see you see God in it you see the beauty of 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 what he did what he created and I thought like why isn't that the same with my passion I mean what if people look at running and can look at a runner and say hey that that guy loves God <laughs> you know like he he truly loves him and he was made to do that and so he's just expressing his passion um and his love and 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 that's that's like what changed for me is like I, I'm I probably am not great at expressing it and I'm sure I still haven't figured out how to do it perfectly in social media but <laughs> but that's really where <laughs> where it stems from is like like I just wanted to to take that route and be done with with the other routes um, because the, those weren't leading to anything satisfying and so little by little um, that has looked like bringing that joy to to others around me especially youth because i think the youth are still um kind of uh in places where they're figuring out who they are and they 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 get pretty lost and in the area that i work in there was just not almost any kind of like youth ministries going on and so that was a big reason like i i honestly am not i'm not a youth pastor and yet that's where i'm i'm working you know that's where the, the the age group that I'm focused on right now and it'll change but but I'm okay with that because because that's where the impact is right now and mm. so 
until that transforms into something else or or we have more leaders that can fill in that um that age group then i'm I'm fine it could take years you know to get there because they need it like like these kids need hope they need um they need to know that that great things can happen anywhere they need to know that they can't limit themselves and they have to um believe and they have to uh, work hard and and they need to know that they're loved that's the that's the biggest thing is is it's not just about achieving anything in life it's the fact that they're important and that they matter that they have potential that um that that i, I see in them and and i think that it takes time because some of them they'll hear it and they'll be like eh like he doesn't really think that but then when you keep showing up and you're like I believe in you. <laughs> I, I know you can do this. Like, I know you can do better. Then it starts to click. And so um, those have been just pretty exciting moments. Like the stuff, the stuff that people see on, on you know, on the, the social media news or the videos or the films, all that stuff, I think, just shows glimpses of it. Like, I think the mm. real, the real impact is, is the consistency and, um, the the relationships the one-on-ones that no one ever hears about that's where the change happens like the 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 records are just really momentum builders and they're just really for inspiration Hmm. um and and i think that they're they're needed i think that that people want to see like somebody like them do something big because then they're like oh if you know that guy he's hispanic and he kind of looks native and he can do it well maybe I can too, (laughs) you know, it's like, I think that changes, but, but that's not where the, the big growth happens. It's really, um, in, in the, the, the daily, uh, relationship and, and, uh, the, the consistency in the events. And, um, I've, I've been excited just to see, uh, where, where that's at versus, um, a year and a half ago. It's such a big change. And, and so, you know, it's not where I want it to be, but it's 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 been so much growth that that's that's like really exciting. That vision yeah. is that vision is amazing, Mario. I I love just hearing you say you can feel it in your voice and in your attitude how much that they're loved and how much you want to share the world with them. Um, and I, I would contend that as opposed to your you know, once again, your humble view of yourself, you do a great job on social media and other venues of sharing you know, that beauty, that creation that's all around you and running and in, and in those kids that, you know, you serve at camps and all the ways that you serve them. Um, by the way, I, I know you probably didn't want to plug it here, but there is a GoFundMe linked through your Instagram that I that I saw about the some of the youth running camps that you do. So just for people listening that might feel moved uh, to contribute. Um, awesome. Wanted Thank to tie you. that in there. Um, yeah. Yeah, so if, if I could, you know, one... One question that I had for you, you kind of brought up a little bit about looking to um, mentors who who are Latino, who are Native people, who are, you know, out there doing good things in the world, setting records and still have this positive, joyful attitude about them, despite, you know, what's going on in the country, despite COVID, despite leadership that they can't necessarily look up to sometimes. Um, you know, I think that kind of positivity is is just amazing and that that you're out there doing that 
have have you felt um, any kind of um, additional pressure this year from the situation nationally? Um, you know, what's it been like for you and your family and the youth that you work with um, during the COVID-19 uh, crisis? It has definitely added just some components. Like this year, I have a lot more empathy for, for leadership because these leaders are having to change their strategy almost every week. It's just like a new rule comes in or something is taken out. You know, it's like, it's really hard to do um, community work like that. And, and it definitely puts a lot of pressure on, on any leader, um, you know, even the, the governmental leaders and the, the church leaders and school leaders. I know the principals and superintendents are, are just getting slammed teachers. Like it's just, the list goes on and on. I mean, they're just having to change their strategy and, and so many of us are are in this place of, of unknown and you don't know how how long this is gonna take or or um, what's gonna happen in a month. Are we gonna get to go back to school or not? You know, it's just mm. that that is definitely um, difficult. In terms of, you know, the the kind of the racism or that exposure of, of what's been happening. It, to me, it doesn't surprise me because I've, you know, I've seen it my whole life. Like, you know, I've been in it. So for me, it's more like you wonder the people that are jumping on board. Is it coming from a genuine heart? Like, are they really like, okay, I finally get it. I want to help. I want to do something or, you know, or is it more like, hey, this is popular right now? Because I've seen that. I've seen just people like, oh, it's popular right now. Let's just let's just jump on board and, and, uh, you know, like, like make it, make it something that we can, we can also use for our platform. And so that's where you, you hope that the majority of people are really doing it from, from a genuine heart. And that that's why I, I, I want to choose that to trust that because otherwise it's going to destroy me inside my heart. <laughs> um, but in terms of like all of that and just this year, I think it's a year that has brought out a ton more issues. Like you see those big issues, but really like where I'm seeing it the most is in these, these small family units. Like hmm. it's putting so much pressure on, on kids and their families that um, just stuff is coming to the surface, like things that maybe were there already um, that are just like really brought to light because families are having to spend way more time together. Mm. And it's like forcing them to to really work through stuff. And um, people are really having to work through their own insecurities, their own like um, battles and perhaps with depression, um, perhaps with substance abuse. And so they're like, it is like right in the spotlight because you can't, right now it's a hard time to hide. It's a hard time hmm. to be alone by yourself because you can't be outside, you know, where a lot of people are. And then you can't be alone in your house because your, your other household members are there. And so, um, so that has drawn out a lot, a lot of circumstances that have been so hard. Like, 
that has been the hardest thing for me this year is dealing with those one-on-ones um, that seem to happen almost every couple days, like something else, something scary. Um, and, and that's hard because you're, you know, I'm limited. I, I can only do so much and, you know, it's eventually it comes down to, to the people and that are involved and, and the person that's involved. And, and so uh, it, it's a hard, tricky one because you want to both give grace and then you also want to give truth. You want to say like, Hey, like you have to do something about it. Like I can only do so much, like I'm here for you, but if you want to come out of this, like, like you also have to want that. And mm. so I would say that's, that's the hardest thing for me. And probably cause I've never been a person that needs to know where this is going. Like I'm okay taking it day by day. And so I'm okay with uh, the unknown of COVID. And I actually kind of like that it's, it's challenged um, the church system to really um, think about what, what is actually valuable and what is actually making a difference. And so I like mm. that aspect of it. But, but the hard aspect of it is the issues it's bringing up. It's, it's just there's so much more in, in family units. And, and even for me, like I look at, for me, I get more frustrated just being around my son more, you know, and it's like I have to work on my stuff because mm. it, it's like, you know, we're dealing with different dynamics that um, we're not used to. And, and so it, it's like it can be good. It can be really, really good. Or it can get very difficult and get in this downward um, cycle. And, and, and so I'm, I'm hoping that more people can come out of it learning something and growing. Yeah, yeah. And a, a couple of points you brought up there, Mario, that, you know, maybe there's some good in that people are unearthing issues that they've had for a long time. It's they're more vulnerable. They're more present to those or their family can see them more. And, you know, maybe there's some healing opportunities there um, for reorienting their lives in a way that they wouldn't have done otherwise um, outside of this crisis. So there's there's at least one positive. But the other thing you brought up, which is very true to my heart, is that, um, you know, people are moving in a direction of social justice that has been brought out and they have time to think about these things. Um, and like you, I, I just hope that um, that spirit doesn't die down, but remains persistent and kind of as a revelatory thing in their lives that those family relationships are connected to the way that they treat all people. Um, and uh, seeing some of those, working through those issues is, is really important as it is for me. And, you know, <laughs> communicating with my wife and daughter, same deal. You know, how, mm -hmm. how I treat them and how I show up to them is, is so important. Um, yeah. So, Mario, I, I'd like you to think a little bit about the future now. You've kind of briefly mentioned it, but I know you see yourself continuing to move more and more into a mentoring and pastoring role. Um, and that running is just kind of this, this propellant that moves you towards that or that kind of allows you to be seen by others in, in different ways in the community and, and in the world. Um, what do you think is next? Let's say in an ideal world, things open back up again. Um, you know, where do you want to be a year from now? What, what kind of things do you want to be doing? If it, if it was up to me, honestly, like where I see the most, um, 
the most impact. It's like I right now I would still continue to run, but I, I would I would love to be able to have a, a little more like opportunity to teach some of this stuff, some of these lessons that I've learned and um, and kind of blend the running and the ministry uh, as one. I, I've always really seen them as one and I've kind of had to like push it and push it and push it till, till it has connected a little bit more. Um, but uh, I, I'm still not there. Like I'm still a little bit spread out where, you know, I find myself having to balance like the training, having to balance like a ton of administration work, which that's, that's the part that drains me. Cause even though I can do it, I, um, I am definitely a lot more uh, passionate about being with people and being out in community. And so I'm very much like, I'm either like in community or I'm by myself really trying to reset and, and rest. And um, so little by little, my goal has been like, how do I use the running platform more and how do I be? How am I able to speak into people's lives more? Like, how do I create that into one platform? And so, um, throughout these years, I've built a little uh, website. I've actually never really shared it, but it's more for me and my wife because it really helps me to have uh, direction. And so, we called it uh, the Beautiful Feet Project, and that has put together like kind of the bigger things that we've seen move. Um, and some of the films are in there and it's just been like, um, a timeline type of thing that helps me see it. And, and so the, the more I see it, the more I look at that, I'm like, Oh, I just, I, I want that to be a thing. You know, I want that to like, um, be kind of what we just focus on because, um, right now we're a little like spread apart. And so for me, the beautiful feet project does a few things. So one, um, the biggest thing is it, it brings people um, hope and good news. It really uh, comes comes to them versus waiting for them to come and grasp it. It's like we want to bring it right to them. And, and part of that is is through mountain running. It's that, that we love running, we love being outside, and we love that running has been a part of so many cultures. And a lot of these cultures that um, perhaps right now are stuck – um, and that have been have been like in a place without hope, and so we want like to break into those cultures and break ground there, um, to to bring faith to them, for them to have an opportunity, I guess, like not not force it on them, but for them to be able to see what it looks like and see if it's something that that fits for them, um, and to to be able to to teach more. I I really like to teach. I really. Um, have enjoyed last year I got to to travel a few times and um, teach like in Lee University and um, before that it was um, it was a Church of God conference and I, I really those moments for me um, I feel just as alive and just in my comfort zone like I do in a race like I, I just like when I do that I feel like God built me to do this right and and, mm. and I will be honest, I know I know I have a ways to go. Um, I know that I need training. I've never done training for it or stuff like that, but um, but I know that it's there. And so I kind of look back at my running and just how I had to like carve out this path by myself, even when people 
didn't believe in me and I had to keep going. I had to work harder and I had to win more races. And it's like, I, I'm hoping that in the church world, <laughs> it's not like that. I'm hoping that at some point somebody's like, Hey, you know what? Well, we want to help this guy. <laughs> like we want to help him get better because he, he does have that, but maybe not. Maybe it will be the theme in my life there <laughs> that I just have to keep, <laughs> keep solo, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. I hope not. Like, I hope people see like in the running or like with this, this camp or this, the last world record on the treadmill. Like I, I shared it with Max and Renee because not because I'm like a nice guy, but because that's what I've always wanted. I, I have never wanted it to be like the, the Mario Mendoza show. You know, <laughs> I don't want that. I really want it to be um, a community thing. I want it to be a team thing. And so if anyone, if anyone listening wants to, wants to work as a team, Hey, um, you know, let's chat. I, I, I don't, this isn't for me. It's really not for me. So, um, yeah, thanks for that question. That kind of fired me up. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. The that's a great start. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine a more optimistic, um, the beautiful feet project. We'll definitely, yeah. uh, check that out. And I, I look forward to a lot of people connecting with you and hopefully, you know, like you said, your your gift to others is that you're willing, and that willingness will, you know, give you all sorts of doors to to teach and share and to to be that light to others that that you already are. But I know that that you hope for more, as as we all do. Hope that you will do. So, um, yeah, thanks thanks for that, Mario. Of course. Um, so Mario Mendoza, Ultra Trail Runner of the Year, USATF last year, um, setting multiple records and course records, and also kind of moving moving barriers and mountains uh, and one-to-one -one level at a community level um, for a lot of young people and for a lot of people in, in search of hope. Um, I, I'm super grateful that, that you took the time to tell us about, about your culture, about your heritage, about where you've been and where you're at and where you're going. And um, I think that just hearing that from you will be an inspiration to a lot of people because, um, yeah, because you're just so down to earth and so, so full of honesty and light and life. Um, super grateful for the, for that message. Thank you guys. I, I am stoked. Um, I actually really enjoyed this. So <laughs> thank you. You're welcome, Mario. And best, uh, best wishes to, to your wife. I hope to see you out on the, out on the trails uh, soon. I, I know I haven't uh, haven't yet, but I hope to meet you out there on a on a future race. And um, until then, happy running. Thank you. Happy running. Thanks, Mario. Take care. Blessings. Blessings to you. Take care. And thanks so much for joining us today. What a great episode of the Running Anthropologist. Truly getting into the culture, the hope, and the life of running, and what it has to give to others. As you go forward into the start of the regular year whether it's the school year, your job, your life with your family, I hope that you take this opportunity to pause and reflect on all the gifts that we've been given. If you have something inspiring to share out, please reach out to us on our blog site, runninganthropologist.com, or on Facebook or Instagram at runninganthropologist. There you'll find all the information from today's episode, links to what Mario is doing, and all of his work, as well as other things from past episodes. Till then, we wish you and yours happy running.